Today's episode is brought to you by Podcast Pipeline. We'll take care of all your podcast production so you can focus on your business. Visit us at podcastpipeline.com. Here's the question. Are you a business owner wanting to grow your business, but you're struggling with how your podcast can help? Well, welcome to the show that's about to change all that. I am your host, Cliff Dubinois, and in this podcast, we're taking the problems of podcasting head on. Entrepreneurs like you will share their strategies, tactics, and tips that they use every day with their podcast to make it an effective marketing and revenue tool in their toolkit. Welcome to Entrepreneurs on Podcasting. Hey there, world changers. Welcome to another episode of Entrepreneurs on Podcasting. Now, today's guest, his bio is extensive. It can be summarized in three words, mind, body, business, and I would almost add Batman. Now, for his mind, he holds a PhD in performance psychology, was a national columnist for 20 plus years. Uh, he's had his research published in peer-reviewed journals internationally, written five books, spoken professionally in all 50 states, plus multiple times in Europe. Now, he's earned a master's degree from a top, uh, the nation's top physical therapy school. He has completed 11 Ironmans including four times at the world championship in Hawaii. He won the race across America, which is astounding. and was recognized as the world's fittest CEO in 2016. Makes you want to lay off the Twinkies. Now for business, he is the CEO of U.S. Corporate Wellness, co-founder of the Catalyst Coaching Institute. He has two patents as well as an MBA. But truth be told, none of those hold a candle to his blushing bride, Susanna, of 30 years. He's a dad to three incredible kids, Ashley, Daniel, and Joshua, who were all married within an 18-month window, which is surprising you didn't go broke, an Australian shepherd named Sky. The Coopers live and play in Fort Collins, Colorado, which is absolutely beautiful if you haven't seen it. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the show the host of the Catalyst Health, Wealth, and Performance Coaching Podcast, Dr. Brad Cooper. Dr. Cooper, how are you? I'm good, buddy. Thanks for having me on. This is great. This is awesome. And yeah, I wasn't kidding. I, I think you could qualify as Batman. So <laughs> tell us a little bit, tell us a little bit more about uh, your business and what it is that you do. So two hats, uh, U.S. Corporate Wellness, we provide health and wellness coaching and associated wellness services to employers, generally 200 and, and uh, above employees, most of them in that 500 to 2000 range. So that's the focus. That's what we started in 2007. And then we also run the Catalyst Coaching Institute. And that's something that if somebody wants to become a nationally board certified health and wellness coach, the Catalyst Coaching Institute is one of, not your only option, but one of the options that you can go through the training and be prepared for that exam and be qualified for that exam. So two hats. One, we provide health and wellness coaching for employers. Two, we allow people the opportunity to become certified as a health and wellness coach. So I've got to ask this question because it seems like I'm, I, I can't walk more than 20 feet without tripping over a coach. Why is having that certification so important? Why can't somebody just hang up a, a sign in their front window that just says the coach is in? Yeah. And that's a great question. And that's what happened before 2017. So you and I could be having a cup of Ooh. coffee in 2016 and you could be like, hey, Coop, let's go be coaches. And I'd be like, yeah, Cliff, I love that. Let's be coaches. And, and we can go call ourselves coaches. And some people still do that. But in 2017, the National Board for Health and Wellness Coaching came into existence and created a standard of practice, 
a code of ethics, an extensive exam, nice. which is actually put on by the National Board of Medical Examiners. So our son is in medical school. He will be licensed by the same organization that accredits the MBHWC's National Board exam. So completely different. You are correct. Four, five, six years ago, you could have done that. Technically, you can still do that. You're not going to get arrested for it. You're just not credible anymore. And today, your clients may not know. Most people are starting to hear about it. But in two, three years, for example, at U.S. Corporate Wellness, we don't even interview coaches unless they're nationally board certified. So that's we're a little bit unique with that. We're not that unique. Most coaching organizations now require that national board certification. And if you're doing it on your own, like you said, you can't walk 20 feet without running into somebody, thanks to social media these days. And <laughs> those folks, they're, they're probably getting by now, but another year, another 18 months, there's going to be so many people that are nationally board certified that their customers just are going to see them as no longer credible. Yeah, and I agree, because that's one of the things that, you know, when I was taking a look at getting, last year, I, I started to invest in coaching. And that was one of the things that I would always do is if somebody was out there coaching and if I asked them, where are you certified, right? right. What program do you have or, you know, whatever it is. And this is literally across the board, right? And I'm in the, the health and wellness space, super important. But I just wanted to make sure that this wasn't just somebody that was reading a book and then coming back and telling me what to do. Exactly. I, I wanted somebody who's been there, done that. And second off, where were your certifications? And I was shell-shocked at the number of tap dances that I saw last year, just interacting with people. And I was yeah. like, you know, that, that completely threw me for a loop. So you're yeah, right. I, I think as time goes by, people are going to become very discerning with a who they take their information from, what certification that you have. Yeah. You wouldn't pick an accountant who's not a CPA to do your taxes. I, I mean, it's as simple as that. You're not going to pick somebody <laughs> who's <laughs> going to walk you through the, some of the most important aspects of your life who is simply working out a lot. Hey, look at my body. I should coach you. What? Wait, what? Yes. What does that have to do with anything? That doesn't engage you with intrinsic motivation, motivational interviewing, temperament, all the things that are critical to really bringing out those key components in your life. So very well said, my friend. Awesome. So you are, you've obviously done extensive research into this. You, you are so qualified. Your businesses are doing really well. Why did you decide to get into podcasting? That's a good question. Why podcasting? I think I love to explore. So one of the things that I've done the last 10 years is create an annual personal vision. So it's not, it, it may overlap into our business, but it's not business related. It's personally, it's what do, I, who is the Brad that I want to become over the next 12 months? And I've, I've created a, oh. a, a visual with that, a picture of that and, and how to go through that process. And over time, I've, we've, we've encapsulated that into the podcast and the YouTube coaching channel that we do. But my vision for this year probably describes the answer to that. And it, it's curious exploration. That, that's my key phrase. There's a lot of stuff around that. I can go into this in great detail, but the, the core of my vision for this year is curious exploration. And I think the, the podcast allows that to come to fruition. It, it allows me to talk to some of the Beautiful. smartest, most amazing people, researchers, best-selling authors, top coaches, top athletes in the world and ask them almost anything, frankly, anything. I've never had somebody say, oh, don't ask me that. So basically anything 
<laughs> and, and and Cliff, you, you probably feel like this. I I mean, you've been kind, but I'm basically your average dude out there. There's no reason why these people should be like, oh, wow, I got to talk to Brad Cooper. This is amazing. Like, that's not amazing. I'm just a guy. And yet I'm getting to talk to Kelly McGonigal. I'm getting to talk to James Prochaska. I'm getting to talk to Bill Miller. Yes. I'm getting to talk to Wendy Wood, Tom Peters. Just the list is endless. And they're in, they seem to be at least, enjoying the process. It's been a very, very enjoyable exploration. So I think that's the primary reason for me. Has it helped our business? Absolutely. The, the coaching world, the training world is a very competitive um, landscape. And so there are a lot of organizations that you can go to to earn your health and wellness coaching certification. But when they hear the Catalyst Health, Wellness and Performance Coaching Podcast and the guests that we've had over our 210 episodes, they immediately move generally move us up the list of, oh, yeah, I, I, I think they're worth, I think I'll check into Catalyst. That sounds pretty interesting. So it's been a wonderful credibility piece, but on a personal level, just a great chance to meet incredible people and, and learn some stuff that I, I didn't know. That's like beautiful and well said. And I want to go back and, and talk uh, real quick about a couple of points that you brought up. When you were talking before about the annual personal vision, mm -hmm. uh, I read a book last year that was called Living Forward, where it was to kind of help you design like a life plan. And it was basically what you were talking about there, right? And it was one of those things that it's become more and more popular. What do you want people to say about you at your eulogy? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right? What do you want them to say? Who is this right. future version of Cliff? And then what do I have to do to make that person a reality? And it's all aspects of you know, health and wealth, it's your family, your friends, your relationship, the community, giving back. I mean, it was all of these things. And I, I spent probably about a month working on it. And I have to tell you, it was one of the most beautiful exercises that I've ever done. I did my annual review just a handful of weeks ago when I, I took some time to go skiing. I did my annual review of it. And it was nice to see that, you know, this idealized version of Cliff in my head uh, starting to come to pass because all these little small things that I have to do to get there, I was able to check off the list and, and update it and do my vision. So yeah, you're still my hero. Well, well and still and checking that box. <laughs> a real easy way for people to do this. And we've done a couple episodes on this, but it, we call it the F5. And it's an easy way for you to go through if you don't want to go through the full vision piece, but you want to get a running start on the types of things Cliff's talking about there is just go through the F5. So it's five Fs and a couple of them have two or three versions of it. The first one is family. Who do you want to be? So these aren't necessarily goals. We always talk about the who before the what. Yep. So instead of me saying, what do I want to accomplish? I say, who do I want to be at the end of this year? And so when it comes to family yes. and friends, who do I want to be? When it comes to my faith, who do I want to be? When fuel and fitness, who do I want to be? Field of play. That's the one that throws people off. Field of play is your hobbies and your profession, your job. Yes. And it's just a reminder that we walked onto the field we can walk off the field. Most of the people listening to our interview today are in free countries where maybe they have to stay in a job for a certain period of time because of insurance right. or a sick child or something like that. But long-term, we can make plans to get off that field. So field of play and then finally finances. And so going through the F5 is a nice, quick, easy way to do a, a quarterly, monthly, weekly, annually review of, of am I becoming the Brad that I want to become over time. Hey everyone, we're going to take just a moment to thank today's sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Podcast Pipeline. 
Do you love editing your podcast episodes? Yeah, I didn't think so. You're an entrepreneur, not an audio engineer. The point being is that those hours that you're spending could be better spent on your business or with your family. That's why Podcast Pipeline offers full production podcast services. We take care of your podcast so you don't have to. And that means your time will be yours again to focus on what's really important. Visit us at podcastpipeline.com to learn more about how our services can help you. And now back to the show. Beautiful. Love that. Yeah, that whole identity shift. That right there, uh, I'd love to have you back on the podcast to talk about that. Because <laughs> you, know, you and I were talking before I hit the record button about the importance of mindset and stuff. And I, I definitely would love to, to dive more into that. Uh, but to get back to the, to the, the podcast thing, you brought up this point up and, and I'm glad that you did because it's, it's an absolutely wonderful point. We spend a lot of time talking about how podcasting is really great for building up your network. But the one thing that you pointed out, which I think is actually very clever, is that by you interviewing these people, you're literally borrowing some of their brand equity to help lift your brand up. Like you were talking about there, like when people are looking for some kind of a, a company to work with, as far as the certification goes, they look at your podcast, which I got a question about that here in just a second. They look at your podcast, they see who you've had on there and it raises your brand equity in their eyes. They, they move you close to the top of the list because wow, look at who these people have interviewed on their podcast. That alone is like very clever. Now, was that, is that something that you... No, like that, planned, that, or is it just something? I hadn't even thought of it until side you said effect. that. Yeah, you're the first one to bring that to my attention. Did not focus on that at all. I, in a slight left turn from that, I've seen and just an encouragement because I think a lot of podcasters are listening to you. The more traction you can get is so difficult to get guests early on, especially now because yep. there's so many podcasts they're being asked by so many people, and they've got to pick and choose where do I want to be a guest and where do I not? Whereas 10 years ago, it was like, oh, sure. Yeah, I'll do that. So I just want to encourage those people that are getting started. You've got eight, 10, 20 episodes under your belt. It gets easier. We have the fact that Tom Peters, who was one of the greatest business writers of all time, was on our podcast and Kelly McGonigal out of Stanford, who's amazing. Just those two names. Yeah. Most of our other guests will say, oh, okay. So Tom was on and Kelly was on. So yeah, I, I, that sounds great. I'd love to, Brad. So I just want to encourage you. It's, it's hard to get the first few, but each one that you get and you do a good job with them and it's a meaningful conversation, the, the better off you're going to be down the road. So stay the course, everybody. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. I love that. Now with regards to what it is that you're doing and everybody, we've got some level of competition that's out there. So for your podcast, is this something that your competitors are doing as well, or is this just something purely that you're doing? We're not aware of it, not on an extensive basis. Okay. We're the number one podcast for health and wellness coaching and probably up there in the top for coaching overall in terms of evidence-based practices and not just chasing the headlines and chasing fads. We've, when we first started and Susanna, my amazing wife of 30 years gets credit for this, I was feeling overwhelmed. I felt like we needed to, I needed to move into that space to help our organization as a whole. But I was in the middle of my PhD program. I, I just felt like yeah. I, it's, it's up here. I don't, I don't know I can do it. And she said, well, honey, why don't you just do one a month and see where things go? Yep. And I didn't, I ended up doing one a week. We've done every, we've done one a week ever since for 200. Now we've recorded 215 episodes, released 208. 
But that was a nice way to go in, not feeling that pressure. It wasn't the pressure to do it every week. It was, let's just do one a month. And if we want to do it weekly, great. And then once that trend starts, right. you just get the ball rolling and you get your routine down. Yeah, exactly. And that's something I want to make sure that I point out to the audience too. And I'm glad that you bring it up. The consistency is the key. Putting out episodes consistently is the key. But consistent does not mean every day. Consistent does not mean once a week. Consistent is what is consistent for you. So that's if you only have the ability expects. to put an up, yeah, it, exactly. It's one episode a month is what you can do. Then that's better than nothing. Yep. But just keep putting out uh, an episode once a month. And if you ever find you've got more time in your schedule, like with time with you and you want to bump it up to once a week, then do it. And I, I think that's absolutely critical to have that level of self-awareness to make sure that if I'm going to commit to doing some, can I keep that commitment up? Because like you said, now you've been doing it now for 200 plus episodes and it's done your business a tremendous uh, amount of good, which by the way, I would like to, that's going to lead me into my next question. So what has podcasting done for your business? You know, we touched on it earlier with your question about credibility. People, yep. there are many options. If you want to become certified as a health and wellness coach, we're not the only game in town. Catalyst Coaching Institute is one of many very good programs. Our competitors do a great job. And so when they're looking at, should I choose A or should I choose B or should I choose Catalyst Coaching Institute? Not in every case, but oftentimes if they've listened to the podcast, they say, I feel connected with Brad. I know Susanna, I know the evidence-based practices that they're bringing to the forefront and they're helping with our industry as a whole. We know Catalyst Coaching Institute is building a community. So even if I'm not paying them for a certification, I'm still welcomed into that community to be part of the annual retreat or to be involved with the podcast or the YouTube coaching channel. So we hope that that is something that makes people say, that's a group that I want to be hooking my wagon to. And Cliff, we're in a fortunate situation. Susanna and I are empty nesters. Our kids are all done with college. You mentioned during the intro that all three of our kids were married within an 18-month window. So we are in a little <laughs> different financial situation than we were 10 years ago. And so, yes, sure. we still need to make money. We are still trying to be for-profit. That is not all. <laughs> when people say, we're a for-profit business, sometimes that's more a goal than a reality. But we've been fortunate. We've done <laughs> pretty well. And so Catalyst Coaching Institute, yes, we need to make money. We need to pay the bills, but we also love, love, love developing the coaching community and helping people develop their careers. And we're at a point in our lives that we can put more of an emphasis on that because we're not trying to pay for the kids' college, because we're not trying to, you know, cover X, Y, Z that maybe we had to do 10 years ago. So you've got the YouTube coaching. What made you decide to start leveraging YouTube as a platform or do you take perhaps what you're recording on the podcast and bringing into YouTube. How does, how does YouTube fit in your marketing strategy? It's the modern approach. People are wanting short videos, 50 seconds, two minutes, three, four minutes on key topics. And so right. it is not a significant part of our strategy, but it is certainly a part of our strategy. I think we have about 215 videos that are up. Uh, we do occasionally, like when the Prochaska's, uh, Dr. Prochaska and his wife, Dr. Janice Prochaska joined us. And those of you in the world of health and wellness know they are the creators of the stages of change. Like this is amazing that they jumped on with us. I was so happy, but nice. we, we published their video and it, it went nuts because people are like, oh my gosh, like Janice and James Prochaska are talking to this guy like he's their best buddy. And it was just such a fun interview. So we, we published some of those interviews, but very few. 
Most of them are short videos on mental toughness, coaching strategies, the business side of coaching, how to improve your your overall approach to life, creating a personal vision, those kinds of things. So the YouTube coaching channel is just youtube.com slash coaching channel. It's, it's a minor, minor part of what we do, but it's an important part of what we do. Now, when you got into podcasting, what was one of your biggest challenges when you got into it? Probably the tech side. I was not tech savvy. I knew the basics that probably most of you all know, but I did not know how to use a Rodecaster Pro that I'm looking at to my right here. I did not know what mic to get. I did not know what this, those of you, you're not watching on video, but we've got the the little screen in front of the mic to take care of some of that. Yeah, the pop filter. Yeah, that that lip smacking and that kind of stuff. A lot of those little things. So that's probably the, the stuff I needed to learn the most. And then just making it work. When you first start off, everything takes 10 times as long as it hopefully yeah. eventually will. So getting those routines down, figuring out how to fine tune your process without decreasing the quality for your audience. Beautiful. I absolutely love that. And what I want to do is, and I want to spend some time because you and I were talking before I hit the record button, because you've actually done some research in this field. So this is going to lead me to this question. And I, I want to make sure that we have a, a really nice, bigger conversation around it. So for the entrepreneur out there right now who has a podcast and they might be struggling, what would be some of the key pieces of advice that, that you would give them? You know, I think it comes back to our conversation about vision. Is this part of your vision? Is this the person you want to be? Podcasting, there's nothing ethically right or wrong about podcasting, depending on how you utilize it. There's nothing, you're not a better person because you're a podcaster. You're not a worse person because you're a podcaster. You're choosing it instead of doing other things. I used to do triathlons. I've mentioned I've done 11 Ironmans. We won the Race Across America bike race in 2015. I've done some fun things in endurance. That's not a key area of my life anymore. I enjoy being active. I run about 35 miles a week. I lift the off days. So I'm running four days a week, lifting three, enjoying being active. But I'm choosing that, not 25 hours of swim, bike, run. I'm not a better or worse. That's just a choice. And the same thing with you with your podcast. Don't see the podcast as I got to do it. Change one letter and say, I get to do it. And if that doesn't resonate with you, if that shift from I've got to, to I get to doesn't resonate, then maybe it's time to take a step back, take some time off and decide, is this really who you want to be? Is this really something you want to invest five, 10, 15 hours a week, every week or every month, whatever your schedule is to make it happen? Because if not, then it's okay. Like you don't have to do podcasting. Yeah, definitely. And I agree with that. And so let's take a step back here because we're talking about the power of choice, right? When you're in here and I'm glad that you brought this up because this is something else too. And it's not, it, it, it is a part of it, right? You get to choose whether you do a podcast or not, but just the, going back to the language that you just used, I got to do it versus I get to do it. How important is that? The, the choice of the language, how important is that on mindset? Oh, it, it's huge. It, it ties into self-talk. My PhD was focused on something called functional mental toughness. And we, and we can talk about this if you want, but it, it's basically the things that any of us can do, not just the David Goggins and the Navy SEALs of the world, but any of us can do to improve our outcomes, to improve our mindset, to, to be able to dig a little bit deeper during those key times when we're struggling with something. And, and that's a big part of it. Your perspective on, in fact, there's just some research I was reading. We highlighted this in our Catalyst 5 the other day 
of if let's say Cliff and I both run and actually we do both run, but let's pretend like we both run, but I run because I'm, I have to, like someone tells me, Brad, you have to go run five miles a day because X, Y, Z. And Cliff just loves to run. He just goes out and he's like, it's run today. This is awesome. Well, it's so, this is so fascinating, everybody. You got to tap into this. So Cliff is doing it because he wants to do it. I'm doing it because I feel like I have to do it. Physiologically, physi- not, not just psychologically, physiologically, he will benefit more than I will. We're both running the five miles at the exact same pace, same everything, and yet his body benefits more because he's wanting to do it. Like, think about that with every aspect of your life. So same thing with the podcast. It, it's not a, it shouldn't be. There you go. There's that should word. It, it, if it's something you feel like you're having to do and you feel that resistance, then maybe it's time to take a step back. We released an episode that someone quoted back to me the other day, so I'll throw it out here, where I was talking about, if it's not a seven, let it go. And basically the idea was on a one to 10 scale, now, clearly, there are certain things you need to do, like, I, I don't know, something for your kids or something for your work. There are aspects of your work. Editing your podcast, for example. You may not be in love with editing your podcast. That may some, be something you have to do. But when you look at your life, a vast majority of the things that we do, we're doing because we chose to do them. And stop choosing things that are twos, threes, fours, fives, and sixes. If it's not a seven, move on. And I think an easy example of this is Netflix. And my wife and I are trying to do this. You have a trillion <laughs> options on Netflix. Why are we watching the rest of a show that's a six out of a 10 on a 10 point scale? Stop it yes. and start something else. If it ain't a seven, send it on its way. So it's not just a Netflix thing. It's a life thing. Yeah. And I'm glad you, you brought up some, some really great points there about perspective, functional mindset. So when somebody's coming into podcasting, what would be a couple of things that you would recommend that they either either adopt, you know, as far as maybe their vocabulary or their mindset, just from the point where, it, and I'm asking this question because usually if we start something, we, we want to be successful at it. So if somebody comes in and accepts the fact that, you know what, I'm going to start this, I'm going to be terrible at it, but I'm going to get better as time goes by, I accept all this, but man, I'm getting 10 episodes and 20 episodes in and you know, what, what would be some of the things that you would say, Hey, you know what, if you're thinking about doing this, here's some things from a mindset standpoint, that's going to help set you up for success. Okay. So first I want to touch on word choice. Uh, and you and I were talking about a little bit off offline, but you said, just say to yourself, I'm going to be terrible at this. And, and I might step back and say, well, what if we say, I'm not going to be as good as I'm going to be initially, instead of I'm going to okay. be terrible at this. We say, I'm going to get better. Every episode, I'm going to do something better. I'm going to edit better. Oh, yes. I'm going to work on my technology. I'm going to fine tune my questions, whatever it is. But, But I'm not terrible. I'm just not as good as I'm going to be next time. And if you keep saying that, think about that. I mentioned we're around 210 episodes right now. If, if I just got a half a percent better, every episode for 208 episodes. That's yep. a pretty good thing. Even if you have 20 it episodes is. and you're getting 1%, like, so keep that perspective in mind in terms of word choice. And then the, the big thing I would say out of the gate is be realistic with yourself of what you've chosen to do. 
in the world of health and wellness, and again, we provide it for employees, for companies as well. And so we're, we're always talking to employees about their struggles and their pursuits and the things they want to do. And one of the big things that coaches help them with is the reality base. So oftentimes in January, you'll have somebody say, I'm going to work out three times a week. Now, an inexperienced coach would be like, cool, that's awesome. I'm going to mark you down as doing this goal three times a week of exercise. An experienced coach would say, interesting. I like that idea. When? Oh, well, I'm going to do it Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. What time? Right before work. I've, there's a gym on my way. I'm gonna, So I'll be up at 6. I'll be at the gym at 6.30, and, and I'll give me a chance to shower and be at my desk before 8 o'clock. Okay, cool. What are you currently doing at 6.30, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday? Well, I'm, oh, wait a minute. I got to take my kid to school on Wednesday. So yeah. Im immediately you, you catch that hurdle early and you, okay, so Wednesday's not going to work. Just Monday and Friday. Yeah, Monday and Friday will work. Okay, so we just need one more. You see where I'm going with this? It's this practical, your life doesn't just, it, to a point it opens up to what you focus on, but it doesn't just automatically go, oh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, fully clear because I set a, a specific goal. So with podcasting, same thing. If you've decided you're going to pursue podcasting, sit back and say, this is going to take me, and everybody's different, but for me, it started off about 10 hours per episode, and now it's about seven through some things that, that we're doing a little bit differently. But assume it's going to be seven to 10 hours a week. What are you currently doing with those seven to 10 hours a week that's going to change? Because until you change that, the other one's not going to fit, and you're just going to get discouraged. Yeah. So start off, you know, Stephen Covey said, start with the end in mind. Start off with, I'm going to do this every week, and it's going to take me seven to 10 hours. Again, I'm making that up because that's my number, whatever your number is, seven to 10 hours. And I'm going to find that, create that, make room for that seven to 10 hours by doing X. Now, until you do that, don't start until you do that. Figure out where that X is going to be pulled from, because if it's going to be pulled from sleep, that's a bad option. If it's going to be pulled from family time, that's a bad option. If it's going to be pulled from your yeah. own health and wellness, that's a bad option. If it's going to be pulled from critical things that you need to be doing for your business, that's a bad option. So take a step back and say, wait, 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 wait. This is, I was listening to Brad, this Brad guy, and he's saying seven to 10 hours. Oh, wow. That's, that's more than I was thinking. I was thinking I'd just hit record and, and release this thing and it'd take me an hour and a half. Oh, where could I get that set? You can probably get it. Like you probably have it. You're probably wasting it somewhere, but be very purposeful about where you're going to create that time out of going forward. Yeah. And what you said before about if you're sacrificing sleep or sacrificing time with your family, I did that goat rodeo. And it seemed like there was this point in time where every time you turn around, there was like this photo going around of what's like a city at night, all the lights are off, but one apartment is lit up and it says, you know, entrepreneur at 3am. And I'm like, that was the goal that I had. So I'm like, well, I want to get all this stuff done. I want to have my morning routine. So I was one of those that was getting up at three every day. I'd go, I'd be in bed by like 830 you know, sometimes nine o'clock, get six hours of sleep, get up and grind it out. And one of the things that I found early last year, um, and it was because I got sick was when I blew through three o'clock and I was getting a full eight to nine hours of sleep, man, my mental acuity went up. My attitude like increased, like, like so much. And I was like, why in the world did I give that up for so long? There's so many benefits to making sure that you're getting proper rest. So it, well, with that in Cliff, mind, you know, we go back especially in the eighties, but you go even back 10, 15 years and it was a badge of honor. It, it, it's like the CEO, the entrepreneur, it's just like you said, they're 
oh man, I'm up at 4 a.m. If it's not, if it's not 4:05 or earlier, it's like a wasted day. Like it was this cool thing to yeah. say, and so people yeah. latched on that, and they wanted to be cool, and so they jumped in the crowd. Well, these days, if if you're not getting seven to eight hours, you're just an idiot. Like we know that you're not tough, you're not smart, you're not driven, you're not. You're just an idiot. Now, that may not be true on a very short-term basis. You may have a two, three, four-day period where you get five hours of sleep. That's a completely different question. You are going to have those periods of your life. But if you, right. on a regular basis, are not getting seven to eight hours, you're just an idiot. And I, you can quote me on that. Like, it's not smart. It's not gutsy. It's not, it's not driven. It's just stupid because we know too much now. Yeah, the science has come a long way, especially oh like sleep and and you know, what it can do. And now these people are like, oh, you know, I can, I can sleep when I'm dead. Right. You know, I, I just. Sounds great on a poster. You know, every, yeah. Sounds great on a poster, but not anything you're going to see hanging in my office. Because nope. like I said, once I switched over things in my life, I was more, way more productive. I didn't, that was the one thing I had to give up on was the fact that I was just thinking because I was awake more hours that I was being more productive. And that's not true. Cause what I found was that with actually like being awake less hours is I was much more strategic in what I was choosing to do with my time. Yep. So rather than watching the latest YouTube from some motivational channel, which really didn't do a lot for me, I was like, that's not nearly as important as, as, as it is for me to attend this, attend this online webinar or to you know respond to this customer request or right. to send out this new proposal, things like that. So it's made me way, 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 way more productive. I'm glad that you pointed it out because, you know, for the person that's listening, thinking I'm going to start a podcast, but I'll just get up an hour early to do it. Don't find, find another way in your schedule, make another hole in your schedule somehow, some way that, that you can work on it on the side and make sure that you're giving it the TLC that it needs. Now, the exception to that, and I think you and I both agree on this is if getting up an hour early, I've always said, it's not what time you get up. It's what time you go to bed. So if you're wa if you're binging Netflix till midnight and then you feel like, oh, I probably should get up at six, but I'm just so tired. Of course you're tired. You're wasting your <laughs> nights. So <laughs> if, if getting up an hour early means going to bed an hour early, so you're trading an hour of Netflix for an hour of productive podcasting time or researching your guests time or preparing question time, I'm all for that. Like it's not, it, it, I, I, my perfect day is getting up at 5.15. Like that is glorious. If I can wake up 5.15 with seven, eight hours of sleep, it is going to be an amazing day. For other people, it's seven. For yes. other people, it's 4.30. It doesn't matter, but it's what time you go to bed, not what time you get up. What are you doing at night? Right. Most of us do not make great use of those last three, four hours of the day. So just maybe consider that. Yeah, that's true. Because right now my morning time getting up is five. I am usually out cold by nine o'clock. That's just the way perfect. it is. I'm not a wild, and your schedule you know, is I'm perfect. not a wild party guy. Yeah. And it's just, that's just been working for me all along. And I'm just going to keep on rolling that. I get up in the morning. I do my yoga first thing, just loosen up the body. Mm -hmm. And I've got my, you know, my morning activities that I get done. You send it, prepare my email to send out and all this other stuff. Yeah. Of course, this podcast is a part of that now, part of my morning routine. But yeah, like I said, this is the kind of stuff we could talk about all afternoon. I love oh, this yeah. stuff. This is great. That's my, that's my world, yeah, brother. I love it. If somebody wants to to find you online and check out uh, the coaching certification that you have, come check out your podcast. What's the best way for them to do that? Our website is is super simple. As long as you can spell the word catalyst, it's Catalyst Coaching institute.com and and you can find links to the podcast there you can find links to the youtube coaching channel 
You can find information on how to reach out to us. If you have questions, if there's anything I've said today that you're like, wait, what? Feel free. I, I love chatting with folks. So that's probably your best route. The podcast that you can find through any podcast app that you listen to is the Catalyst Health, Wellness, and Performance Coaching Podcast. So either one of those would be great. And for our audience, we will have uh, those links down in the show notes down below. Dr. Cooper, it's been great having you on the podcast today. Thank you. Cliff, thank you very much. It was a lot of fun. Hey, everyone. I wanted to let you know that enrollment for our free five-day Start My Business podcast challenge is officially open. If you're an entrepreneur and you're thinking a podcast would be a great way to grow your business, but you're not sure how to start one, then this challenge is for you. This challenge is designed by entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs. Now, within the five-day challenge, you'll go from ground zero to having a fully operational podcast that you can use to start growing your business. I'll be sharing with you simple tips and tricks that took me years to learn that will prevent you from spending hours on one episode. Head over to startmybusinesspodcastchallenge.com or click on the link in the show notes down below. We'll see you there.